Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week on Doc to Me, we are covering Class Action Park on HBO that was released on August 27th, 2020. This is a documentary that covers the infamous Action Park located in Vernon Township, New Jersey. Now, when I pitched this to you, I did say it would be a fun one. I laughed, and then I felt bad for laughing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, though, it is funny. But well, also sad. Yeah, it gets sad pretty quick. That's why I laugh. <laughs> it's, it's real quick when it gets sad. Okay. First, let's start by introducing the insane genius known as Eugene Mulvihill. I hate that name. Uh, he's known as Eugene or Gene or Uncle Gene. Which sounds creepy. Yeah, when he works around with children, yeah. Uh, he was a successful developer who owned Mountain Creek and Crystal Spring Golf Resort in New Jersey. He started off with no money to his name, but somehow had a knack at picking good stocks and eventually made a decent amount of his money through Wall Street investments. It was basically like Wolf of Wall Street stuff. Just yeah, picking penny just stocks. Crazy yeah. that he went from that to this. Uh, he also went on to invest in opportunities like cellular broadcasts, cancer drugs, robotics, and eventually real estate. I just like cellular broadcast. I mean, so he kind of did some good in between all of his really, really shit. <laughs> I don't know if I would even say that. <laughs> Gene came to Vernon in 1972 when Vernon Valley Ski Area went bankrupt and his company, Great American Recreation, purchased it. The idea for this disaster of an amusement park started in 1976 when Gene and his company wanted to find a way to generate revenue for the ski resort during the summer months. They started by installing an alpine slide on a steep ski trail and two years later, two water slides and a go-kart track were added. They named this area of the park Vernon Valley Summer Park. The next year, they added more water slides, a swimming pool, tennis court, and a softball field to what was now called the Water World section of Action Park. By 1980, Motor World was developed across Route 94 out of swampy lands owned across by... Across a fucking highway! Out of swampy lands owned by the ski resort. Literally, you had to cross the highway. To go to swamps. Combined, this formed one of North America's earliest modern water parks. By the end, it was a destination with 35 motorized or self-controlled rides and 40 water slides. And some death. <laughs> we'll get there. So it became Action Park and officially opened July 4th, 1978. Gene even came up with two opening day promotions. A tobacco spitting contest and a Dolly Parton look-alike competition. It was the 70s. I hope the same person <laughs> won both. It had its most successful years in the early and mid-1980s before the dangerous reputation finally developed. It entertained over 1 million visitors per year during the 1980s, with as many as 12,000 coming on some of the busiest weekends. Literally, kids sneaking there without their parents knowing because the parents were like, we don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> oh, that's how it used to be. Like, just go out and do whatever. I remember being little, like, going out and doing stuff. And then when that one girl disappeared, Amber, all that shit ended. Oh, yeah. Mom was out in front watching. I remember when that, that day when it happened. It was like, all right, kids, back inside. I was like, okay. <laughs> then we're walking to the park yeah. by yourself. 
So because of this, park officials said that the injury and death rate statistics were insignificant because they would have up to 12,000 people there a day. What's one death among 12,000? I call bullshit on this because the nearest hospital had to treat so many victims of the park that the township of Vernon had to buy extra ambulances. There were so many people who were injured constantly. And they weren't even counting, like, the minor injuries. No, they would just spray them with, what was it? I want to say, like, iodine and stuff. Yeah, I think it was, like, iodine. Because I've had iodine before on a cut, and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not pleasant. No. So let's get into some of these rides, because this is probably my favorite part of this. We have the super go-karts that allow guests to drive 20 miles per hour around a small track. Employees admitted that by adding a tennis ball into the speed limiter device, tracks were able to reach speeds of 50 miles per hour. Sounds safe. One of the employees even admitted to taking a cart on Route 94 next to the park. (laughs) And it's insane. And these people were drinking. Mm Mm-hmm. However, the carts were so poorly maintained that some riders were overcome by gasoline fumes as they drove. Which, yeah, you might as well be drinking. Not to mention the injuries that were caused by visitors treating the carts as bumper cars. Oh, yeah. So just smashing into each other. Which I think sounds like a fantastic idea. I think but the I'd next like one, to do bumper boats. I, th- I think the next one's more your favorite. The yeah. battle action tanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were featured prominently in television ads, which meant more people wanted to ride in them. For an additional fee, guests could operate small tanks for five minutes at a time. The tanks were equipped with tennis ball cannons to shoot at a sensor mounted on each tank. If hit, the tank stopped operating for 15 seconds, which guests often took advantage of to hit the disabled vehicle with more fire. Not only that, it's mentioned in the documentary that some people would set the tennis balls on fire before launching them. Because why not? This became the least popular place to work for employees. (laughs) You're late one too many times. Oh, you gotta go over to the fireballs. Now we get to the boats. Oh, the boats. So there were two different speedboats, which I don't remember them really mentioning the difference. So we have the speedboats that are set up in heavily snake-infested pond. Yep, remember that. They can be driven around a small island at 35 to 40 miles per hour with no way to control the speed. While drunk. Then we have the bumper boats, which were considered less dangerous despite the engines often leaking gasoline. It gets better. Tall people couldn't fit their legs properly inside, so they would hang them over the edge. Which sounds totally safe to to get bumped. Led to many legs being fractured during collisions. (laughs) Just the whole park is just like a clusterfuck of shit. The cannonball loop was basically invented on a napkin and had a complete vertical loop at the end. Gene offered employees $100 to test it out after test dummies came out of it dismembered and decapitated. He didn't even... He was like... He adjusted it a little bit and then was like, here's 100 bucks if you'll go down this fucking slide that could kill you. It closed after a month due to bloody noses, back injuries, and guests getting stuck in the top of the loop. Well, and there were teeth in it. <laughs> they couldn't like figure out why people were coming out with gashes. And it was because people's teeth were stuck <laughs> into the loop. Like, how do you come out of a ride and you're not like, what the fuck, man? My teeth are gone. 
also, I think my favorite one is the aqua scoop. It was added in early 1980s. Riders would carry a plastic sled up to the top of the ride, go down a slide consisting of rollers, like in a warehouse, <laughs> and end up in a pool that in most areas was no deeper than a puddle. The idea yeah, was once the, slid, <laughs> once the sled hit the water, it would skip across like a stone. But for this to happen, the rider had to be in a certain position leaned back. If they were not in this position, the sled would sink into the water as soon as it hit the pool. Or you'd go face <laughs> sending the rider headfirst into the water, often causing head injuries. Other times, riders would be leaving the pool only to have another person crash into them. <laughs> it's so bad. But the thought of it, it does sound fun. It does. If you had an engineer who designed the whole concept. You don't need that. Come on. This was the 70s and 80s. That's, you're being crazy. So the Colorado River Ride is probably the craziest. It's a two-person raft that travels down a heavily wooded area with numerous forks allowing the riders to take different routes. It's made to look like a natural riverbed with water jets scattered throughout to add to the roughness. Eventually, though, the riders all slam together at one point, causing people to knock into each other's heads or rafts just completely flipping over. And then once this happened, riders would have to stand on jagged rock surfaces and try to flip their raft back over while other riders are still smacking into them. It sounds horrible. And people were like, weren't people watching over to like... Yes, to see the like, one point where they would just smash into yeah, each other. it was like a show the one ride that actually looks like it would be safe was the aerodium the one where you were like in the suit and you'd fly oh yeah aerodium i don't know uh but you're wrong it was not safe at all it was a skydiving simulator wind tunnel invented in germany in 1984 and in 1987, Action Park decides to build their own, becoming the first American amusement park to have one. So it's basically a giant fan in the ground surrounded by netting. And around that is stadium seating for other guests or people's friends to watch them. Riders would wear a special skydiving suit. Doesn't specify what about it is special. I imagine it wasn't actually special at all. It's probably just some kind of jumpsuit. It looked cool. Uh, they'd have a helmet and earplugs, which I don't know how you're going to hear what the person's telling you. And they were shit. Yeah, they would join an instructor on the netting. The instructor would grab the wrists of the rider and guide them to fall forward near the fan to lift the rider up. So after a few seconds of this, they would cut power to the fan, allowing the rider to fall onto the netting surrounding the fan. Do you see any problems with it? It sounds real safe. But you were only allowed to fly a maximum of six or seven feet into the air, so that kind of seems fun. Except that a ton of people would instinctively try to break their fall by putting their arms out. Broken wrists. Which would cause shoulder dislocation, severe nerve damage, or straight up paralysis of the arm. You're not supposed to fall for more than seven or eight feet. <laughs> Just land on the net. It's fine. It's not. While people are watching. This isn't the fucking seating. circus. These people have not been training years for Just this. stadium seating watching this happen. Those were just some of my favorite rides in their descriptions. 
in the midst of all the accidents occurring at Action Park, word got around that Mulvihill potentially had under-the-table deals with the Mafia, which played into how much money he owed and how much power he had over the community in Vernon, New Jersey, where the park resided. Because if you remember that one part, that journalist was like, I basically got fired because I was writing shit about him. and You don't question the park. Yeah. And he's like, I'll talk to some people who are going to talk to your boss. And yeah, it was kind of shady. Where's the mob? <laughs> so let's get to the deaths. Which is when it gets really sad and you yeah, feel really shitty for laughing. It's, <laughs> it's a really... strong twist in this. And that one like, mom oh. is just like, he's a piece of shit. And you're like, so... what? <laughs> we were having fun. What happened? <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> July 8th, 1980, about two years after the park opened, George Larson Jr. was riding the Alpine Slide when his car jumped the track and his head struck a rock. He ended up in a coma for a few days, but sadly he passed away. Initially, his death wasn't reported to the state because Gene had falsely said that George was an employee at the park and not an actual visitor. While George did at one time work for the ski resort, he never actually worked for Action Park. Hay bales were eventually placed at curves to a attempt to cushion the impact of guests who jumped the track, which apparently was a frequent occurrence. Yeah. The ride didn't kill him. It was the rocks, Heather. Yeah, like, well, then move the damn rocks. Like, oh. But it was cheaper to put hay bales instead. In the early years of the park, the Alpine Slide was responsible for a majority of the accidents, injuries, and lawsuits. Between 1984 and 1985, there were 14 fractures and 26 head injuries alone. July 24, 1982, a 15-year-old boy drowned in the tidal wave pool. Two weeks later, on August 1, 1982, a Didn't 20... Didn't they have to paint the bottom of the tidal wave pool yes. white so they could see all the people who had... At the had... bottom of the pool. Yes. yes. Like, at that point, how do you not just think, maybe we should shut this down? That's the one place at a water park I will not go to. It is terrifying. No, I'm not going to trust some 16-year-old fucking teenage child who's been, like, smoking joints and, like, yeah. fucking his girlfriend, like, behind the shed. Like, no. God, this place is so terrifying. So, two weeks later, August 1st, 1982, a 27-year-old man tipped his kayak on the kayak experience. It's clever. While trying to recover his kayak, he somehow came into contact with the live wire that was powering the fans in the river. He suffered a severe electric shock and later died of a shock-induced cardiac arrest. The ride was never reopened. Why? Why would you have a live wire? It was something about the... he stepped on a grate that the live wire might have had contact with. It doesn't make it better, but it was just it that was something I read. It doesn't. It doesn't. And make it wasn't it even just him. Like his family got shocked by it too. But I think since he made direct contact with it, he took the full force. Yeah. yeah. Just. I mean, I just I can't imagine going to a theme park and somebody in my family dying. Yeah. It's supposed but to be the fun. Dark side of me is like, well, we're gonna get money out of it, but that's I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I mean, I just hope it's like my least favorite family member. Yeah. I don't want to name names, but. <laughs> so sometime in 1984, a visitor suffered a heart attack that was unofficially believed to have been triggered by the shock of the cold water in the pool beneath the Tarzan swing. Water in the park is typically the same temperature as a normal swimming pool. 
However, the Tarzan swing would land people in water operated by spring water, which is around 20 degrees cooler. You'd be hot and sweaty, swing on a rope, and land in water that's like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, you would literally lose all sense of yourself. Yeah, they'd hit the water and like forget how to swim. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people would constantly have to be rescued because they would just forget how to swim or just be in shock, confused land wrong and knock themselves out yeah that too because people would like smack into the bridge that was like next to it forget to let go of the rope or... yeah there were a lot of onlookers like cheering mm-hmm. people on to do stupid shit like moon people or you know kids take your top off <laughs> august 27th 1984 a 20 year old named donald DePaz drowned in the tidal wave pool and on July 19, 1987, an 18-year-old named Gregory Grandchamps also drowned in the tidal wave pool. How many people have to die in that thing before they shut it down? How many? Oh, hold on. I looked into this, and uh, so the tidal wave pool was considered a pool by the state, not a ride. So state regulations at the time meant that all the company had to do was just keep the water clean and make sure there were enough lifeguards on duty. It's terrifying. It was the 70s and 80s. The lifeguards were all fucking high. (laughs) All of them. They were all high. So there was, like, nothing they could really do. Do you really think those fucking stoners were going to, like, jump in the water and save these people? People said they hated doing that because they were constantly having to jump in the water to save people. Yeah. It's kind of your job. What could have been the factors that created such a dangerous place? Well, I pretty sure he was on a lot of cocaine but really the biggest thing is a vast majority of the workers were teenagers they were underage undertrained and often higher drunk and i don't know if you remember being a teenager but we don't really give a fuck about rules or regulations or people we have the one guy who talked about how he became a security director of the park when he was 21 just because he had worked there for two years it's terrifying (laughs) It's like becoming assistant manager of a store because you've been there the longest. Yeah. Except that nobody's lives are in your hands. (laughs) It's like you turned 18. You don't have like state limits on how long this person can work here. So now you're. They're like, you're in charge. Yeah. Get here in the snowstorm, bro. Then we get to ride designs. Don't know if this comes as a surprise, but the people who made these rides had no engineering background. I don't think they even went to school. No education. And they could afford school back then. Seriously, it was the <laughs> 70s. You could get a fucking degree. They were accused of cutting corners to maximize its profits. Shocker. They built the rides cheaply, sporadically maintained them, and didn't renovate the rides to make safety improvements. They pointed out that since it's one of the first water parks in the nation, they pioneered ideas that other parks would use later, which meant that people were using rides that hadn't been tested because there really weren't any tests to go off of. Along with that, rides were also designed to be controlled by the rider and not the park. Because that's a smart idea. Why not have your average Joe figure (laughs) out how this ride should operate? Yeah, they're expecting people to somehow know how they work and how to stop them when they're in panic. The problem was that like the Alpine Slide, half of those weren't working right. And wouldn't break. Didn't have fucking brakes. Good luck with that. Another factor was the park was closer to New York, and so less expensive than the other nearest park, which was the Six Flags. It's less expensive than Six Flags. 
People from lower-income neighborhoods from New York City would flock here. People from these neighborhoods didn't have many opportunities to swim or even learn how to swim, and the parks somehow overlooked this in the design. Not only that, but management decided to release advertising in Spanish, but very few employees spoke Spanish. And there were no signs or warnings around the park in Spanish, which added to injuries. You can't just leave the translation <laughs> out. You don't have one guy who can't make signs. And then even if they're not like completely translated correctly, <laughs> something, something something is better than a nothing. Poorly drawn picture <laughs> of someone smashing into rocks. Yes. Then we get to the dumbest idea out of all of that, which is the beer kiosk on the property. Not only that, you had to pass beer kiosks to get to Motorworld. You have these dumbass idiots out there in the heat all day getting blasted and thinking they could drive go-karts and not hurt anyone, let alone themselves. With no brakes at 50 miles per hour. Not only that, but the age restriction rules were just as lax as all the other rules in the park. Of course, because when it's teenagers controlling it, they're not going to care if other teenagers are getting shit-faced. So, yeah, which now we have drunk teenagers running around and causing more problems, and it sounds like a fucking nightmare. I would hate to go to this park. I would also. I hate people, and especially teenagers. (laughs) As time and injuries went on, a few rides were closed and dismantled due to lawsuits and pricing insurance premiums in the 90s. Eventually, didn't they didn't have even fake insurance. Eventually, <laughs> they didn't even have insurance because New Jersey doesn't require it, and it was cheaper to just settle lawsuits out of court. So this led to the next scheme from Gene, which was creating a phony insurance company titled London and World Assurance Incorporated. This allowed him to not only opt out of paying for insurance, but also gave way to money laundering, which according to the documentary led to the state discovering his wrongdoings and conducting a three-day trial on a 110-count indictment, which included fraud, theft, and embezzlement. He pled guilty to five of the charges. How about murder? (laughs) You're being ridiculous. It was murder. He was controlling the ride. He could have stopped it. (laughs) So I couldn't find anywhere on the internet or anything about what happened after he pled guilty. I couldn't remember them mentioning it in documentary. No, I didn't see anything about it. So I found some court records. I told you I did some Googling on this. (laughs) So the counts involved falsifying and tampering with records or doing business as an unauthorized insurance company. Each of the five counts he pled guilty to would mean up to 18 months in prison each or a fine of $7,500 for each count. That's it. He got a suspended sentence and fines that totaled $45,000. And then he had to eventually give up rights to the park. So debts from the park began to soar along with lenders and law firms being owed money for services rendered. And his buddy, Robert Brennan, I'll get into him later because he's also interesting, he had been giving him money to keep it going and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison so money bags is gone in 1996 creditors who had taken on the debt petitioned to force great america recreation which was gene's company to file for chapter 11 bankruptcy for over 14 million dollars owed by the company great american 
assumed they'd be able to get all that money back within a year. Action Park closed at the end of the season as usual on Labor Day, September 2nd, 1996. They expected to open back up on June 14th, 1997, but that day kept getting pushed back and back until finally on June 25th, 1997, they announced that Action Park was no more. I can't believe it made it into like the late 90s. Yeah. I am amazed that me as like a 10-year-old child like could have witnessed this shit. This is how I think of it. It was four years before 9-11. <laughs> before they were finally like, it's officially closed. Because <laughs> that's usually how I calculate things. Like, okay, yeah, this was around 9-11. Because that's usually where I kind of like, this is when it was like, all right, now we the gotta world grow changed. up. Yeah. yeah. We, we weren't teenagers anymore. Shit. That seems too close. Yeah. Like, I... But don't worry, in 1998, Action Park was bought out by the owners of Whistler Mountain. They revamped and renamed it Mountain Creek. And they tore everything down. (laughs) Gene led a group that actually bought back Mountain Creek. In April 2014, the Mulvihill family reverted the name back to Action Park. In May 2016, though, the Action Park name was again retired, and it went back to uh, Mountain Creek. That's very confusing. You you can't keep Action Park. Like, you just can't. There's a reason why it fits in with Class Action Park. (laughs) I guess Mulvihill died in 2012. They didn't mention. I couldn't see anything where it was like, this is what he died from. They kind of kept that private. Yeah, uh, once the new owners of the park ripped out all the terrifying, deadly ship, they reopened the park as Mountain Creek Water Park, and you can go there now. It opened a couple of days ago after COVID and all that for on June 18th. Wow. I looked at some of the pictures on the website. That's what I hear is we're going to New Jersey. <laughs> the website is mcwaterpark.com, and it looks really nice. Like, there's a hotel you can stay at. What? Yeah. It's shitty though because you have not only do you have to go to new jersey you have to pay ten dollars for parking i feel like that's pushing it i feel like you have to pay ten dollars for parking no matter where you are in new jersey or new york so that's just, that's just part of being in that area really, it feels really shitty it does feel wrong that it's not included in your pass yeah. but at the same time think of six flags you still have to pay for parking <laughs> So I wanted to go back and get to his friend Robert Brennan because he's also a piece of shit. He was also involved in the penny stock shit. As oh a, God! As a result of the penny stock scheme, Brennan became a target of the SEC. His brokerage firm, First Jersey Securities, itself went bankrupt in 1987, and Brennan was found guilty of securities fraud in 1994. U.S. government ordered to him to pay $75 million to settle the fraud's claim. Brennan himself declared bankruptcy in 1995, but committed another fraud when he didn't declare, declare all his assets to the court. He had withheld from a bankruptcy court that he had $500,000 in casino chips that he had purchased. What the fuck? He later cashed them out after claiming bankruptcy and also had $4 million in municipal bonds that he kept in his basement. Those don't count. (laughs) He then directed an associate to liquidate the bonds overseas and invest them into stocks. 
which netted him $16 million. So in 2001, Brennan was again found guilty, this time for money laundering and bankruptcy fraud, and was sentenced to prison term of nine years and two months. That is not long enough. He was released in July 2011. But I was like, how do you fuck up once and then you go and do it? So it's just really just shitty people being in charge of stuff. But... I think in conclusion, don't go to amusement parks. You left out the best part, though, when Gene would pretend to... Oh, like, tease cattle- the kids yeah. with the cattle prod. I forgot yes. about that. Yes, when he would have some of his employees pretend to be, like, kids who snuck into the park, yeah. and he would pretend to cattle prod them, and, like... They would have to pretend to, like, die. And parents were calling pissed. That kids oh were like, god, oh my god, this that. man's like electrocuting kids and blah, blah, blah. Like, he was just full of terrible, yeah, it had to be cocaine. How was this man, like, I don't understand how he's an adult. Again, yeah, you were right. Like, it, fucking cocaine. He was taking lots of cocaine. <laughs> lots of cocaine usage. Because there is no other way to explain. Yeah, we're going to build a water slide and then there's going to be a loop at the bottom and the end of it. There's going to be a huge <laughs> loop. It's like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Like... Yeah, I know the test dummies didn't go through, right? But if we give these kids $100, they're going to go right down. They're going to be fine. People are going to love it. We're going to get a ton of people in here. Yes. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that was... Is there any other ones you remember? Because there is just so much. It really is really funny and then, like, sad at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, like I said... People did die, and he was really shitty about how he handled it. Didn't want to pay these families any money for it. And, like, like I said, like, you're going to an amusement park. You should not be dying no. at the amusement park. And not something as simple as, like, fucking launching off the track <laughs> yes. and hitting your head on a rock. Like that most, is not something that you should ever have to worry about. Why are there rocks near the I track? I think at most, like, going on roller coasters, I expect I may get whiplash. That's at the most. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the car gets stuck and I'm stuck in the air for a few hours but while they rescue just me. But people constantly but getting hurt. fucking launched off the goddamn ride itself. No brakes. Yeah. Rocks, rocks near the fucking slide. Uh, like, oh, I forgot to mention the nurse's station. They had a giant circle on the floor and they would spray you with that. Is that the... I think it was like iodine, iodine mixed with something, something else. Yeah. And they said, if like you only, stayed in the circle, you got a prize. Only and one only, person yeah, did. Only one person managed to do it. That's so scary. Because <laughs> people would just get road rash from just. Well, and so I remember going down Schlitterbahn in, was it New Braunfels? And my ass didn't stay up high enough <laughs> in the little inner tube. And so my tailbone. Like, it burned a hole through my swimsuit bottoms, and my tailbone was just completely, like, raw and bleeding. And I went to the little nurse's station, and this, like, dude who probably was not a nurse (laughs) had me pull my swimsuit bottom down so he could, like, spray a little spray on it and stick a Band-Aid on. I had to buy a whole new fucking swimsuit bottom because my ass was hanging out through the hole. I'm telling you, like... Never again. I will never, ever again in my life go down a fucking water slide. Mm-mm. Just, it's not worth it. It was not worth it. My oh. ass still cries thinking I about it. I also forgot to mention that 
Um, so, like, all the ground, they just put, like, tar on it. It wasn't even, like, sidewalks you would walk on. And then there was another that there used to be a skate park here. So they had the bowls, but then the bowls would meet up to where it was, like, that tar. <laughs> so it wasn't smooth. So skateboarders would go up and constantly end up getting hurt on that. That was another one I was like, Ugh. The whole park was just a bad idea. Like, it was really bad. Well, it was a money grab for something during the summer when the ski park of it couldn't be open. Like if one in 12,000 people die, I mean, what, what's, <laughs> that's like nothing. I mean, come on. But just the fact that they had to get their own ambulance because the town didn't want to have to deal with it. The fact that the man came up with his own fucking insurance company to try and <laughs> fucking fake having insurance. At least it had a fancy name, though. What was it? Uh, he did get really dignified. Yeah, London and World Assurance Incorporated. It sounds really fancy. <laughs> it's too fancy for, like, this New Jersey guy <laughs> to be in charge of it. So we're going to Jersey for, uh... For summer? I really don't want to. I'm slowly being talked into going to Vegas. I think that's that's where I'm at right now. I think Jersey's going to be another couple years. You don't have to do anything in Vegas except for, like, get drunk and high. No, I want to go to the Zach Baggins Museum. <laughs> that is all I want to do. <sighs> okay, well, take me with you. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that that would be totally fine. I could just, you know. Yeah, I was like, why can't we just, flights are pretty cheap. Just go there, do that, come right back home. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us at Doc to Me. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you.